Welcome to the Friends of Israel Today. I'm Steve Conover, and with me is our host and teacher, Chris Katolka. We have a great show for you today, but before Chris comes, I want to remind you to visit our website, foiradio.org. On our site, you'll find trustworthy and accurate news on Israel and the Middle East. And while you're there, you can support our ministry by clicking on the donate button and help us continue teaching biblical truth about Israel and the Jewish people. Again, visit us at foiradio.org. Today on the program, we have our very own executive director, Dr. Jim Showers, who will be joining us in studio to talk about the upcoming election that's happening this week coming up, uh, November 3rd, Tuesday, November 3rd. We're going to be looking at the election and really the ramifications that are going to come from this election, depending on which party either maintains power or takes power. Uh, Now, before uh, we continue, I am so thankful that we're on a new Christian network, KVIP. We are so thankful to be on the, the list of stations through KVIP, and we hope the listeners that are there listening through this program, they see the value of what it means to love and support Israel and the Jewish people. So thank you so much, KVIP, uh, for supporting the Friends of Israel Today radio program. In the news, scientists from Technion, Israel's prestigious Institute of Technology in Haifa, they invented a new face mask that cleans itself by using power from your cell phone charger. Once powered, it takes 30 minutes for the mask to heat up to 158 degrees, a temperature that will kill the virus, disinfecting its inner layer of carbon fiber mesh. Well, here's my take. Leave it to Israel to invent a mask that plugs in and cleans itself. Listen, I could use this technology here. I've got kids who reuse their face masks over and over again. It can get pretty nasty. So this self-cleaning face mask will make sure you're not getting sick through the mask that's designed to protect you. See, this is why they call Israel not the Silicon Valley, but the Silicon Wadi. Well, we have a very special guest in studio today. As I ended our time last week, our show, I, I had said that we have, we're going to have the captain of the FOI ship in studio next week. And that's what we have. We have uh, Dr. Jim Showers, who's the executive director of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. And we're here to talk about actually something I think very important right around the corner. This upcoming week is going to be election week, November 3rd, Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020. Um, the polls will be tallied and we will begin begin to find out who uh, the next president of the United States of America is. And, you know, here at the Friends of Israel, we, we don't want to tell you who to vote for at all. That's not our job. But at the same time, we want to inform you. We want to educate you on what the election ramifications will have on Israel, the future of Israel and, and, and what that means, because, you know, we're talking about the fact that elections can change the way that the U.S. relates with Israel and the Jewish state. So, Jim, thank you so much for coming in and, and helping us with this issue. Well, thank you, Chris. It's my pleasure to be here today. Yeah. So let's let's get right to it. Uh, the first question is uh, a bit. Is, it's kind of an easy one. I, I just want to know from a broad perspective, do you think that the elections will have future ramifications for Israel's future in the Middle East? The views that are presented by the two candidates, are they that far apart that it's going to actually have ramifications? Well, I certainly think it does. Each candidate has a different approach. Each party has a different approach to Israel. Uh, We've seen for the last three and a half years, the Trump administration has taken a different track than previous administrations. Mm -hmm. And it's made a huge difference in the Middle East. 
Um, on the other side, the, the Democratic approach has been somewhat, we've seen them move away from in their strong support for Israel. They are not as strongly supportive of Israel as they were, but their approach is going to be similar to past administrations. Whereas they're going to say we have to settle the issue between Israel and Palest the Palestinians before we can move on to other issues. And I think they will put pressure on Israel. The U.S. does provide a lot of aid, mm -hmm. millions, multi-millions of dollars every year to Israel. And so they will use that to leverage Israel, Israel to force Israel to do things they would not otherwise do. Um, the Trump administration has just gone a different direction uh, they are, um, they're saying the things of the past didn't work. Let's try new things. Right. And they're getting great success. So I think there is a distinct difference between the two. And depending upon which candidate wins, will impact Israel's future. Now, I, I want to move to the evangelical vote because um, Tony Perkins of the Family Research Council has said in the past that at the primary vote level, an evangel evangelical support for Israel can actually swing a vote. It can actually it can actually uh, be the determining factor in who the presidential candidate could rise up to be. Do you think that's the case in, in these elections as well? Do you think the evangelical vote and support for Israel matters um, when when the voter goes to the to the ballot box? Sure. It it makes a lot of difference. And um, listen, the the parties, particularly the Republican Party, particularly President Trump, is making a huge effort to gain the evangelical Christian vote. And President Trump understands Israel's the center of that. If you remember back in 2016, when he's running for president, he he made a promise that if he was elected he would move the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. and a with, promise given before by past presidential yes. candidates. And almost every president had made that promise over the last 20 years, uh, and then they would they would delay it. Mm -hmm. you know, there was a law Congress passed uh, directing the embassy to be moved to Jerusalem, but in there they put this exception that every six months the president could delay it for national security reasons, and so that's what the presidents were doing. Mm -hmm. President Trump said, if he was elected, he would move it. Now, the first six-month period came up, he did delay. But when the next one came up, he said, we're going to move it. And six months later, it was moved. Yeah. So that's an example of how um, the current administration sees the evangelical Christian vote as a very important uh, component to their election and their support. And so I really do believe it's not just primaries, but on national elections, it is very significant. I totally agree with you. I mean, it, there's a reason that I think Trump continues to bring up over and over again at all the rallies that he's doing and making it a, a prominent part of his agenda is Israel. It's a prominent part. It's a it's a it's one of those things that rises to the top. And I think that's because he understands that's where his voter is. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you 100 percent. I'm also wondering now I want to move now to the candidates. Okay. You know, I want to kind of go, uh, uh, you know, from kind of the big picture stuff down to the candidates. You know, you were talking earlier about the fact that Joe Biden, you know, he's been around for a long time. When you talk about things that have been done for a long time when it comes to U.S. and in Israel and trying to create peace with the Palestinians and and peace in the Middle East, it's all kind of depending. It doesn't matter what party you're talking about, Republican or Democrat prior to Trump. They all seem to push the same agenda. 
uh, Biden's been in office for 47 years, eight of those as a vice president. Well, what's his track record on Israel, Jim? That uh, Do you think it's a positive one, negative? Can you share a little bit of insight there? Well, I think as a senator, he was uh, pro-Israel in many of his votes and statements. The most recent we have to look at would be the eight years he was the vice president in the Obama administration. And I think we have to keep in mind, too, if if Vice President Biden becomes our next president, many, many of those who were um, in the administration of the Obama administration will become part of the Biden administration. So we would we would take our signals and what will happen to Israel from them. They will go back to. Uh, using the USA to Israel to strong arm Israel into concessions they would not otherwise make and try to get both that they and the Palestinians back to the table. There's a real breakdown of that. The Trump, the Trump administration realized that, that mm-hmm. when you have, if Israel's a big brother and the Palestinians are a little brother, when you say that unless the little brother agrees, we're, we're not going to do anything, you empower the little brother to have control of the situation. And the Palestinians have used that for years. And the Trump administration said, we're not going to play that game anymore. We're just going to go around them and we'll make things happen. If they don't want to play the game, they can go home mm-hmm. and we'll play with somebody else. And so we've seen remarkable things occurring. So to me, we'll go back to the the policies the past administration, particularly the Obama administration, if Vice President Biden's elected. If President Trump is reelected, we would anticipate and expect that we will see uh, him to continue the policies and the progress he's made. Things like um, uh, peace accords uh, 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 that he's gotten with Arab neighbors of Israel. He's convinced Arab, the Sunni Arab nations in the Middle East that Israel's here to stay. Mm-hmm. And you'd be much better off to work with them to build your economies and work together than to oppose them and don't let the Palestinians keep that from happening. And we're seeing that the Palestinians are under incredible pressure right now. They're lo- they've lost financial support from the U.S. They're now losing financial support from the Arab Sunni nations. Uh, they're even losing some of their financial support out of Europe. And so they are under tremendous pressure. I think it's going to drive them to go toward um countries like Turkey make alliances because they're not going to cave in in their mind. Uh, it, so it's unfortunate they aren't going to seize the opportunity to truly have peace. But th- that's been the problem all along. They yeah. don't really want peace. So we're, we're going to take a quick break here. Be sure to stick around. we got Jim Showers back again on the other side. We've been talking with Dr. Jim Showers on the ramifications of the U.S. election when it comes to Israel and what it matters to Israel and how the U.S. will relate to Israel, depending on which party comes into the executive office. Well, you know what? We have a great book for you, a great resource that I think really will help make the case for what Zionism is, a case for Zionism, why Christians should support Israel. Why is it important for you as a Christian to have Israel in mind When you go to the ballot box, well, Dr. Thomas Ice's book, The Case for Zionism, Why Christians Should Support Israel, will really help inform and enlighten the reader 
on why Israel matters today from both a biblical perspective and also a political perspective. I've gone to this book to help garner some some really great resources in history as to what was going on to make sure Israel became a nation again in 1948, what brought it to that point, and why it's important today as well, again, both biblically and politically. So, Steve, could you let our listeners know exactly how they can get their copy of The Case for Zionism? Sure, Chris. To purchase a copy of The Case for Zionism, visit us at foiradio.org. That's foiradio.org, and we'll have a link on our homepage. Or you can call our listener line at 888-343-6940, and someone will return your call during our regular business hours. Again, that's 888-343-6940. To order in Canada, call 888-664-2584. Again, in Canada, that's 888-664-2584. Welcome back, everybody. We have been talking with Dr. Jim Showers, executive director of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry, an amazing leader of this organization. He's been leading us through some very difficult times here at the, uh, during COVID. Um, and it's, it's just great to be able to minister with you, Jim, and, and to gain insight on, on what we're talking about, the, how the U.S. elections that are coming up this week, uh, Tuesday, November 3rd, are going to have ramifications for how the U.S. relates with Israel. So we want to, we really want to bring some information to our constituents, to our listeners, to those who love Israel and the Jewish people, Christians who, who are Christian Zionists. They believe Israel matters uh, biblically and politically as well. So we want to bring some insight into the two different positions. We've been talking about Joe Biden in the, in the previous segment. Um, Jim, one thing that I was thinking of with Joe Biden is, is that Iran deal is a big one. Yes. uh, That the Obama administration had. That's a big a big one. I mean, talk about two divergent views between candidates. How does Iran, do you think the Iran deal might pop back up if Joe Biden becomes president again? Well, he's indicated he's very open to starting up negotiations and heading back toward that deal. Uh, Will it be the same deal or different? We don't know, but we would expect him to do the same thing that President Obama did, which was hand over to them all kinds of uh, financial incentives for a deal when they really need the deal much more then the Western world needs it. So, um, you know, listen, the, J- Joe Biden has said that if, if elected, he favors a two-state solution. Um, he favors supporting the, the Palestinians as well as Israel. Uh, he's against annexation of the Jordan Valley, mm-hmm. which the Trump administration signaled earlier this year they favored that. And it was really interesting, Chris, when uh, Bibi Netanyahu said that at the end of June, he would uh, annex the Jordan Valley. It's it's a strategic uh, piece of land, real estate for Israel to defend itself against any attacks. And so we came to that date. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And you, you're left to wonder why. And then we heard that the Trump administration had asked them to hold off. Well, now we understand why, because yeah. during that time, they suddenly realized there was an opportunity here with the UAE and Bahrain and some of the other Arab uh, nations to strike up peace accords between them and Israel to work together both for security reasons as well as for economic reasons. And that was historic. And so we saw things happen this summer and early fall that we just never would have imagined just a few weeks ago, let alone a few years ago. So some, some really transforming things going on in the Middle East. Um, you know, Chris, elections are always a measure. You know, they're a barometer of where a nation's at, right? Mm-hmm. 
But elections also have consequences. Mm-hmm. They're going to have consequences for Israel. They're going to have consequences. Whoever's elected president is going to have consequences for the U.S. as well as Israel. We talk about Israel because we care about Israel. We're Christian Zionists, as you said. And many, many evangelical Christians, um, in fact, many Christians are not just evangelicals. A lot of Protestant Christians are very pro-Israel as well. And so it, it is a huge issue in the election. And decisions have consequences that are lasting. The Bible teaches that. Life teaches us that. And so this election is very important. And I think, you know, when you think about President Trump, um, he's moved all that he's accomplished. I think he will do more. And one of the reasons I tend to believe that is because he has a son-in-law who's Jewish. Mm-hmm. So it's not likely that once he gets elected, he'll turn and go a different direction with Israel. I think, you know, every president's been somewhat enamored, except for perhaps President Obama with, and I think even to a point he did, with the idea that he could be the president that finally brings peace to Israel in the Middle East. Yeah. I think Trump's probably gone further down that path than any other president. Uh, we know that that, that that the destination will never be accomplished short of Messiah coming. But it is man's desire to have peace, and the Middle East is where the world focuses its attention. It's where so much of the oil comes from, and oil drives the economies of the Western developed nations. And so uh, there's just a huge amount of attention on the Middle East, and every president wants to be the one that got the deal that changed everything. I, th- I certainly think the we're seeing these uh, peace accords are are really historic and were it not for the fact that the media doesn't really favor President Trump, I think if it had been any other president, it'd be all over the it'd media. Be all over the yeah. news. It'd all be the time. huge news. They'd yes. be talking about it all the, the time. I mean, I, I, I was just with a friend not long ago, and we were with a bunch of dads from our neighborhood um, playing a, a, a round of cornhole, which is just a game. And, and uh, he came up to me and said, tell me about what's going on in Israel. He knows what I do. And I said, it's amazing that uh, President Trump made peace with two... Gulf states to air, you know, Arab countries at the same time. It's never happened before. And he looked at me and well-educated man. He goes, I didn't know that happened. So just to show how much yes. the mainstream media refuses to promote is mind blowing. But I, I want to move really quick to this concept of, you know, when Trump came into office, you know, it's one thing like every president before said, we're going to move the embassy. We're going to, you know, that's fine. That's great. Uh, uh, we're going to create a peace plan. That's fine. That's great. But the thing that's interesting is to kind of see the the trajectory of how when Trump came into office, he promised these things. But it all kind of toward the end, the, the back end of his first term, all kind of was a it almost seemed like it was all planned out to work out where at the end there was these peace deals that are being made between Israel and the Arab nations. I don't think him moving the embassy to Jerusalem or or, or recognizing the Golan Heights um, was on accident. I think it was all positioning itself, in my opinion, for this moment where the Arab nations would be coming to the table ultimately. Do you think that's? Do you think he had a plan? That's my question. When he sat down and mapped this all out, certainly, I believe he did have a plan. But um, and it takes a while to build momentum. He has tremendous momentum going right now. We're we're hearing that other Arab nations are lining up and in negotiations for similar accords with Israel. Uh, So this really is transformative. Uh, But you also, you you know, he's tried a lot of things that 
didn't see as much success. So you, you can't always say, I'm going to start here and I'll end up here and it take this much time. Mm-hmm. I think what we're seeing is the momentum building. I don't believe back when the U.S. earlier this year in the spring signaled that they would support Israel's annexation of the Jordan Valley, that they saw these accords happening this quickly. Yeah. But suddenly, and, and quite honestly, his support for the annexation probably moved that along quicker. That, that's the reason the UAE came to the table. They, exactly. re- they said, we don't, want you to rec- we don't want you to annex the West Bank or portions of it, so we'll come to the negotiating table. And, and as I understand it, all the U.S. administration said to him was, if you'll come to the table and work on accords, then we'll make that something we can negotiate or talk about over time rather than Israel doing it today. So it's not to say Israel won't eventually annex the Jordan Valley, but it won't happen short of discussions right. and so forth. You know, this is having effects on other things like BDS, the Boycott Divestment Sanctions Movement that's been, you know, is anti-Israel and has been trying to hurt Israel's economy. This has really hurt them seriously because their argument was we have we have to support the Palestinians and help them get peace before uh, before we move ahead with anything else. And Trump's just shown that that is not the case. That's not the case. That's right. So BDS has taken a real beating through these peace accords. Uh, Jim, I, we only have a few moments left. Uh, so could, could you uh, let our audience know why you think it's important for voters, especially Christian bo- voters, to keep Israel in mind when they enter the ballot box or, or fill in their ballot like I did? Uh, how, how, uh, what, what should they keep in mind when it comes to Israel? Well, it's very simple for me, Chris. Every, I believe every Christian is under the same directive from God that we are to bless the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. So when we go into a ballot box, as a citizen of the United States of America, knowing that the U.S. is the most prominent world power, has more influence than what else, we need to take that admonition. It's not that we're not to favor other nations, but there, there is no admonition in the Bible to bless other nations like there is Israel from God. Mm-hmm. Genesis 12.3. Genesis 12.3 is what we're talking about and following. Mm-hmm. It's, it's restated elsewhere. So, I need to vote for the candidate I think is going to do the most to benefit Israel. Mm-hmm. That's how I look at it. Yes. If I believe one candidate is more favorable to Israel and one is less favorable, it helps me make a vote. But I also believe I answer to God for those votes as well. And so, uh, I think it's a very important issue. I don't think you can go in the ballot box and say Israel doesn't really matter when I cast my vote. This is all about the U.S. only. I really believe the other half of that is if you bless Israel, God blesses you. Right. And we are a country in desperate need of blessing right now because we're divided in such uh, severe ways at the moment. And um, if we want God's blessing, we need to be blessing Israel. So I, I think there's uh, there's a payback, a, a wonderful payback God promises um, to, to a nation that stands and supports Israel. And from its inception, the modern state of Israel, the U.S. has always been there to stand with Israel, kind of the big brother mm-hmm. to back Israel. And that's huge. It's one of the reasons I think Israel still exists today. Yeah. Well, Dr. Jim Showers, thank you so much for being in studio with us to talk about these issues. And I hope that for our listeners, when you go to the ballot box, this is something that you're thinking about. This matters, I believe, to us as Christians, as, 
as Jim was talking about earlier, Genesis 12, the I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. It's very simple, folks. It's a promise that still stands today. Just look throughout history. It's right there, right in front of our face. I hope that this uh, time that we've had with Jim has been something that enlightened you and something that will you will take with you to the ballot box as well. So, Jim, thank you so much for being with us in studio today. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us for the program today. Our host and teacher is Chris Katolka. Today's program was produced by Tom Gallione. Our theme music was composed and performed by Jeremy Strong. And I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. Our mailing address is FOI Radio PO Box 914, Belmar, New Jersey, 08099. Again, that's FOI Radio PO Box 914, Belmar, New Jersey, 08099. And one last quick reminder to visit us at foiradio.org. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide evangelical ministry proclaiming biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while bringing physical and spiritual comfort to the Jewish people. Thank you.